pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this night. We just want to thank and praise you for your goodness and your grace. And Lord, we want to ask that you take each part of this service and use it to your honor and to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Your Sunday. Okay. I quoted some words from that song on Sunday in the message Sunday morning. And uh, I love that song. Thank you so much for doing that. And uh, enjoy that. Let's uh, take our Bibles, if you would. And uh, what we're going to do now, we've gone through the book of Revelation as far as the action, the sequence of events are concerned. And uh, now we're going to go back to chapter 12. And uh, I just got so absorbed in putting different things down and trying to get all the little points and I looked up and I said, 7.15, okay, got plenty of time. Next time I looked up, it was 7.31. I'm going, oh, no, where, where did all the time go? So, but uh, uh, the, the Word of God, we're going to uh, really, I think, uh, uh, there, uh, let me just start over that sentence over again. This ver- chapter 12 is one of the pivotal chapters in the book of Revelation, number one, uh, an improper identification of the uh, persons and, and the beings mentioned here will send you in directions that God never intended you to go. And yet here we'll have probably one of the uh, fullest explanations of how God treats prophecy in his own mind and in his own way and it will, I believe, clear up some of the confusion that is often attended when we try to understand uh, God's prophecy in his book. Let's just read the whole chapter here. Uh, Verse 1, chapter 12 of the book of Revelation, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his seven heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, which... 
I'm sorry, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now we want to just set the scene here. John is being given revelation from God. He is simply describing to us what he sees. Now, he's not giving an explanation here. He's not giving us definitions, and the woman is, and the man-child is, and the, uh, the great red dragon is, though all of that's included here. Uh, imagine, here is John, and he is standing at different places at different times. In the beginning of the book of Revelation, he's standing on the Isle of Pasmos. Revelation chapter 4, he is in the Spirit. He is called up into heaven to behold what is going on there. We're not sure exactly where he may be standing right now. He had been in the city of Jerusalem in chapter 11, measuring the temple. And now he looks up into the heaven... And he sees this great wonder. Now, one of the things that is amazing is how many different places people will go. Um, I read a, uh, a commentary on this. And you read the Bible first. And then you can know that what's in the commentaries isn't in the Bible. Amen. Uh, not always, but many times that is the case. And this one commentary kept going to Greek mythology and getting all of the parallels out of Greek mythology of, uh, of women giving birth and the child being killed as soon as it was born and all of this kind of stuff. Oh, I'll tell you what. I don't know if I'm going back to that commentary anytime soon. That is ridiculous. When there are parallels between mythology and the worship of false gods and the Bible, here's where I always go. 
The scholars will call me silly, be my guest. But I believe it comes the other way around. I believe it comes from a demonic knowledge of what is going to happen and what has happened in the scripture given to people to confuse them. You go through the Greek mythology all the way back into Babylon and and to uh, the city of Babel and to Nimrod. The mother and child are the center of all false worship. Wonder where the devil got that idea. Maybe Genesis chapter 3, 15, when God said to Adam and Eve on the outskirts of Eden as they had sinned, that the seed of the woman would bruise the serpent's head and the serpent would bruise the heel of the seed of the woman. You know what? The devil understands the Bible. And whenever you hear and read somebody going to all of these worldly, demonic sources trying to say, well, the Bible writers copied from the world in which they live. How about we just do it the opposite way? I mean, the world's always got it wrong. Amen. Uh, It is not the Bible copying from the world religions. It is the devil that is copying from the Bible. And uh, and, uh, what we have here, it's, it's pretty simple. We have a woman standing on the moon, clothed in the sun, and having a crown of 12 stars. How many of you have already thought about Joseph's dream when you read that. Oh, I saw one or two hands. Anybody else? How many of you going, wow, I didn't think about that, but that makes so much sense. You see, that's how we allow the Bible to interpret the Bible, and that's why, if you want to know why preacher is all the time, Read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. Because if you're not familiar enough with the story of Joseph's dream, the Holy Spirit cannot bring that to your mind and help you compare Scripture with Scripture to keep you safe from the commentators. Amen? Uh, Let's take a moment and go to Genesis 37, verse 9, and... And uh, I would really like to cover everything that's on my page today and a little more. Uh, but that kind of depends on if I get the uh, 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 affirmative nods from the people here. And you at least act like you understand what we're talking about. And we'll move fast. If you don't, if I get those blank stares, uh, we're going to slow way down so that we take everybody with us here. But Genesis chapter 37 And let's look at verse 9. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleventh stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? 
Now, this was Joseph saying. Did God fulfill that dream? Uh, yeah. Israel bowed himself to Joseph on his bed just before he died. And the brethren that came to Egypt bowed themselves to the earth so many times they didn't know what they were doing. And when they found out it was Joseph to whom they bowed, they were terribly afraid. What was one of their rants as they put him in the pit and sold him into slavery? We'll see what become of, becomes of his dreams. You remember that? Well, we have a woman who is clothed in the sun. I believe the woman's name is Israel. She is standing on the moon. That was the mother in the dream. We have 11 stars in Joseph's dream bowing down before one star. We have 12 stars in the crown of the woman. Some commentators have tried to make the woman the church. But I want to challenge you, what has the church given birth to? Did the church give birth to Jesus or did Jesus give birth to the church? Okay. Uh, the son that is born of the woman is the son that will rule the nations with a rod of iron. I have all uh, five references, I believe, here. One, two, three, four, five, uh, four references in the Bible. There are only four where it talks about ruling the nations with a rod of iron. And each one of those is talking about Jesus Christ. Now, some have tried to make uh, the woman the Virgin Mary. Uh, if you're of the Catholic faith, you would. Uh, the, the Catholic Church has a real interest in having that happen. But let me ask you a question. Even though Mary was the one that gave physical birth to Jesus, did she wear 12 crowns? Nowhere in the Scripture. You see, the woman still has many things to do in Revelation chapter 12, that one single person could not do. It must be referring to the nation of Israel. Some have offered that the child that is being born is the new nation of Israel that will rule the world, but Jesus is the only one in the Bible giving the tribute of ruling the nations with the rod of iron and it will be a combination of those that are saved during the tribulation period and those that are saved a part of the church that will rule and reign with Jesus. And so as we look at this, we find out that this woman is travailing with child and pained to be delivered. There is no more vulnerable time in a woman's life than when she is delivering a child. And as she reaches that time of greatest weakness and, and greatest need of being taken care of and secured and guarded and protected, we have a great red dragon appearing. Now, we'll skip down here just so that we don't 
make any mistakes. Verse 9, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. Does anybody have any questions as to who the great red dragon is? Uh, I mean, you just cannot uh, have any problems. Now, some of the commentators, boy, they get really scared here because... It seems that as the child is being born, the dragon is there to devour the child. And the Bible tells us that as soon as the child is born, her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Now, it would seem, or it could seem, that the child was defenseless, and God kind of snatched up the child to protect him from the dragon. But I want us to just leave it there for a minute and go back and finish the description of the dragon here. And then uh, the main thing that I, I want to try to get across here tonight is the time element in this wonder, in this narrative that John gives us in chapter 12 of the book of Revelation, he gives a description of the dragon. The dragon has seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns. Now, again, I want to go back and just touch on this one point. How many seven-headed monsters have been drawn up by mankind. Uh, I mean, there's... Again, I, I want to challenge you. It is not the Bible copying the world. It is the world copying the Bible. Uh, they talk about Greek mythology so much because Greek mythology, most of it was developed 100 to 150, 200 years. Some of it's older than that, of course, before Jesus was born. And so, therefore, since it was before Jesus was born, before the Bible was written, it had to be that the Bible copied from the world, not the other way around. But let me ask you a question If the devil has seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns and all of this, uh, don't you think the devil knows what he has? And the devil always likes to be glorified as a beast, as a being of great power. Now, you see, mankind always likes to have St. George kills the dragon, right? One of the oldest English poems. And Beowulf, the dragon, is killed in all of this. And don't worry about the Hollywood perversions of those ancient poems. But let me tell you something. How many stories has mankind concocted of him beating the devil? American literature, Daniel Webster and the devil. How many of you remember having to read that stupid story? Um, 
I want you to understand the devil loves those stories. Because he wants you to think that he can be beaten by you of your own effort so that he, as the roaring lion which he is, can devour you. When I was a kid, one of the biggest, most popular, uh, uh, I don't know what genre you would call it, somewhere between, uh, I think they call it actually Southern Fried, uh, what is it? Southern Fried Rock or Rockabilly or something. Charlie Daniels come up with a song, The Devil Went Down to Georgia. And uh, some of you remember hearing that thing. Let me tell you something. When the devil went down to Georgia, he didn't lose. The devil is a powerful being. Don't play with the devil. You're going to see him described in different ways as a serpent, as a dragon. He has seven heads and ten horns. So you figure out, do the math. Uh, Apparently, uh, three heads have two horns. The other four have one. Every one of those seven uh, heads has a crown. This is going to be explained later in the Bible, talking about nations and kings that are given uh, their power and their dominion directly by the devil. It is the unholy alliance, the government that will rule the world in the end times. He is going to try to destroy the child that is born. The child is caught up into heaven. And then we are given a time reference here. Verse 6 And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. Now I've warned you about certain things or trying to give you notice here. Whenever you see a thousand two hundred and threescore days or the phrase a time times and half a time we or 42 months, all of these are time references that come from the book of Daniel referring to either the first or the second half of the seven-year tribulation period. So where we have to be right now is either at the beginning or in the middle of the tribulation period, one of the two places, if this Uh, if the woman, Israel, is going to be taken care of. But let's go back to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 2. Revelation chapter 11, I'm sorry. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 2. It says, But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles... And the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. It appears that we are back in time at this point to the middle of the tribulation period. The city of Jerusalem is will be desecrated. The treaty of the prince to come has been violated. The Jewish people are going to wake up and understand that there can be no Messiah other than 
Jesus Christ of the Bible. At that point, they are going to become the mortal enemies of the beast, of the devil, and he is going to try to destroy them. But God has a place prepared, and we'll uh, touch on that in a few moments here. Um, Well, let's just get there. Verse, um, no, actually, let's not. Let's stop here and go to verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. We have a tremendous amount going on at this very point. The child in in the vision is caught up to heaven. The woman flees into the wilderness, a place that's uninhabited. There is a war going on in heaven, a spiritual war, one that we cannot see. I'll tell you what, you better be glad. God has withholding from our eyes being able to see the angels of this world. Every time someone sees an angel, what is the first thing the angel says? Fear not. And uh, I'm glad I can't see these things. But there's going to be a war in heaven. And the devil's wings are finally going to be clipped. He will no longer be the prince of the power of the air. You ever wonder why we have so much problems with electronics? We're sending signals through the air. And uh, who's in charge? Well, the devil's in charge of that space right now. And uh, somebody says, ah, you're just, you're getting a little hooky pooky for me. I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you what. He is at this point, at this time, the prince and power of the air. And he is going to fight the last battle he will fight in the air. And I want you to turn with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 12. And what is happening here is Daniel is, be, is giving a history of mankind that has not happened yet, but a history so accurate that all of our modern scholars says that Daniel could not be a prophecy. It could not have been written when it was written because it is so accurate, it must have been written after the fact. Now, I like a God that is accurate, amen, as he says he is. There's no reason to disbelieve that Daniel actually lived in the time period that he did and wrote when he wrote. He gave us history before it happened. 
That is Bible prophecy. There are lots of people that give prophecies. But they're very inaccurate. In fact, some of you, if you're old enough, you'll remember a woman named Jean Dixon. How many remember Jean Dixon? Oh, she was in the newspapers because she had foretold Kennedy's assassination. Do you know that Jean Dixon was the most accurate of the quote-unquote witch prophets or prophetesses that mankind has known? And I think her accuracy rating is somewhere around 13%. You see, even the devil's not wrong about everything, my friend. What's God's accuracy rating? 100%. Could I challenge you, don't try to pass your class at school with a 13% and call it good. Even Major League Baseball, which is, I don't know about you, but Major League Baseball is the hallway of failure. That's the only thing I know that you can do and fail two-thirds of the time and still be given a $36 million a year contract. It makes no sense to me. I mean, that would be a 333 batting average, which happens to be pretty good. But God said, my level of accuracy is 100%. Look at chapter 12 of the book of Daniel. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people... And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at thy time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. And if we were to read on, Daniel is going to be... uh, Well, let's just read verse 9. Through the end, it says, And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. But go thou, in thy, go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. Now, if you'll notice, we in the book of Daniel were given two, 1290 days and then 1335 days. And yet, 
we are given the same connection, connecting point that Jesus alluded to in the Olivet Discourse and that is alluded to in Revelation chapter 11 that the Gentiles shall tread the city of Jerusalem down half of the time of the tribulation. Now, are we still together? Hello? Okay. I don't want to be tedious. And we're building to just basically one point tonight that I hope will clarify some things for, for you. I know it surely did for me. And probably now would be the... Let's go back to Revelation chapter 12. The devil has been defeated. We're going to skip over the great voice and we'll come back to the note at the very end. And let's just pick up here in verse 12 and read through the end of the chapter. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea... And in the outline I have here under point five, sub point five, that is before Revelation 16.3, when the vial was poured out on the sea and every living soul in the sea dies. So we, we are at the midpoint right here, it would seem, of the tribulation period. And the warning is given to all the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. Because the devil is come down in great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Now, verses 14 and 15 and 16, we've read over these, tell us that the woman is given two wings as of a great eagle. Now, a lot of people like to say, see there, it's talking about airplanes. Uh They've made some big airplanes, but you can't put a whole nation on an airplane. Uh, it's, and you couldn't put a whole nation in a squadron of airplanes. It's talking about the evacuation of the land of Israel, of Jerusalem in particular, by the Jewish people. Where are you going to hide that many people. The Bible says that God has a place prepared. And there's lots of people that are trying to figure out where that place is. Well, let me tell you something. Don't you think if somebody knew where that place was, the devil would have somebody waiting there? Uh, nobody knows where that is. It's a place that God has. It says they... I don't know who they are, but it says where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. It talks about the serpent. Now, remember, he's been defeated. He's been cast out of the air. He is no longer able to ascend into the presence of God. He is no longer able to do any of the things that he has done in the past. And so he persecutes the woman, but he cannot because she is hidden during this three and a half year period. So he is going to prosecute a war against the remnant of her seed. 
Now here's in the last verse are the two characteristics of the remnant of her seed. They keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you. I believe the only group in history that will have those two characteristics as are printed here are the tribulation saints. And it's going to be a time where the devil will prevail. It talks about in other passages, he will wear out the saints of God. Now, Jesus has made a promise to his church. He said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's one of the reasons why we believe the church will not be on earth when these things transpire. Because we would have to have a contradiction in terms. If the beast can wear out the saints of God, would he not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ? Now, if you can figure that out, you're probably going a long way around. But here is the vision. And then, I guess we're running out of time again. So next week, we'll come to the voice from heaven and, and uh, I would really like to spend some time on that anyway. That's uh, verses uh, 10 through 12, uh, 10 and 11. But in this narrative, in this wonder that John uh, is beholding and describing to us, he is giving us past truth that is ancient. The identity of Israel from Genesis chapter 37. He is giving us past truth that is somewhat recent. Jesus would have been born at this time about 90, 100 years before the book of Revelation has happened. Now, someone said, well, what about the the dragon waiting to devour the child that is born? Well, let me ask you, what happened to all the infants at Bethlehem after Jesus was born? Herod murdered them trying to kill Jesus. Isn't that true? When Joseph came back to the land of Israel, he was warned of God not to live in Judah, but to go back to his hometown of Nazareth because of the danger of Herod, the son, who was now ruling in the city of Jerusalem. How many times in Jesus' earthly ministry did they seek to stone him, to arrest him, to put him to death in one way or another, and were confounded every time they tried? Jesus willingly laid down his life on the cross, was buried and rose again the third day, and ascended into heaven. And then we go future to the midpoint of the tribulation period, which 2,000 years later has yet to begin. Now, here's the point. God doesn't explain prophecy the way you and I explain things. In one story, he takes ancient history, recent history, and 2,000 years in the future and puts it all together in one sentence. 
Why does he do that? Well, I can't answer all of it. But I can tell you there are a few reasons very quickly and will be done. Number one, he does not want his people having a cursory or just a summary knowledge of the Bible. He wants you to spend some time in this book studying and picking things out and praying and allowing the Holy Spirit to put things together for you. Number two, he doesn't want to give us enough information to understand everything because then we'd figure out the time period that he doesn't want us to know. God purposefully withholds knowledge in his revelation to us that he, and we've seen this already in the book of Revelation. I remember the seven thunders. He told John, don't write it down. You're not going to have that. And then I think the last reason is because God has a sense of humor and he just wants to see how nuts people will get that refuse to understand his word correctly. Now, that's not all the reasons I'm not trying to speak for God tonight. But what I am trying to say is as we study, sometimes you can study your Bible too hard And instead of just plugging in the natural things that fit in the Scripture that do not necessarily explain everything in the story. Because does it it flow to go from Joseph's dream to the birth of Jesus to the middle of the tribulation period? Well, I mean, we're still heading in the same direction here, but I mean, the jumps are not consistent. There's no way to follow it. And so what must we do? Uh, Trust God. Amen. But this is often, and we could go to other passages, but we don't have time. God does this more than once in the scripture. There will often be what we call great leaps of time or sequence between points that are brought together. And what we do is we just hold on for the ride. Amen. We know where we end up when the dragon is making war and when he is defeated by Michael. We are at the middle of the tribulation period. That hooks us up with the desecration of the temple, the abomination of desolation that Jesus speaks about. It puts together all of these things. But we're not given a clue unless we study the rest of the scripture that between Verses 5 and 6, that we're going to have a period that has lasted well nigh 2,000 years in there. And if we go trying to force this thing into an absolute sequence, I'll tell you what, you're going to end up wandering in the hinterland of uh, prophetical heresy. (laughs) You've got to let the scriptures give you the points. And let God take care of the time sequence in between. Amen. And in the prophecy that we read in Daniel, it talks about some being resurrected to uh, eternal judgment. And it talks about some being resurrected to eternal bliss. 
The Bible is fairly clear. Those two things don't happen at the same time. And so, as we study the book of Revelation, realize we are working on a basic sequence of events, but it's not always going to be, nor does it have to be, a simple one plus one equals two. Sometimes it's one plus blank. And we come way over here. And then there's another blank. And we come way down here. And now we're way out in the future. And we have no idea when these things are going to happen. But God says that the people of Israel will have the opportunity to flee and be protected during that time of Jacob's trouble. And that connects with what Jesus tells us in the Olivet Discourse at the end. He says, if you're up on the housetop, don't go into the house to get your garment. What's happening there? The woman is fleeing into the wilderness. And if you hesitate, you're going to be swallowed up in the judgment or the flood that is cast out of the mouth of the dragon. It says the earth helped her and swallowed up the flood. Now, what could that be? Uh, we'll have to wait as we peek over the battlements of heaven to know for sure. But God often uses the term waters referring to people. There could be, as there will be during the tribulation, many wars. And while those wars are happening... We have the great battle of Ezekiel, chapters 38 and 39, where Gog and Magog come down from the north. Those are the armies of the Russian Confederation, which has not really appeared yet. But wait and see. Where is Russia heavenly involved today? Iran. Iran is always referred to as north of Israel in the Bible. Persia. Interesting. There'll be all kinds of things that happen in that battle. Some of them natural events. As in the battle of Armageddon, hailstones and different things like that and earthquakes and all of these incredible things are going to be going on. And I could, just try, I could just ramble on trying to make more connections all night. But Revelation chapter 12, if you get anything, God has given us a sequence of events that would not necessarily be connected in our mind unless we went through the scriptures from beginning to end. That's how God deals with prophecy. Let God teach us His way instead of us trying to twist the Scripture to fit into our line of thinking. Now, that may have been a blessing and it may not, but uh, it, it will help as you read through many passages of Scripture when things don't compute. You can learn to let go and let God be God in His Word. Amen? Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night. And I pray that we would be careful as we study your words not to 
try to twist them, to subject them to our own thought processes. And Lord, that you would give us wisdom to compare the scriptures to scriptures and to make the connections that you would have us to make. And Lord, we pray that you would allow us just to be faithful until you come back for us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. We'll take just a moment. The altar is open.